just invite your presence once again to rest upon your people. And Lord, thank you for Alan. Thank you for um, what you have put on his heart to share this morning. And I pray you would anoint him, that you would direct him, that, that he would just speak your words and directly from your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Debbie. Good morning, everyone. Well, it's great to stand up here and see you all in this new building. That's uh, very, very exciting. Thanks for coming out this morning. And um, it's, um, yeah, it's uh, you're kind of pinching yourself, you know, when you're in the middle of all the practicalities of kind of getting the thing ready. It can take, um, it can take your breath away a little bit when you just stand up and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Another chapter opens up in our story. Um, it's great to have you here this morning. It's great to worship Jesus together. It's great to feel and know and experience the power of the presence of Jesus amongst us. We do um, have some prayer ministry available as well at the end. So if you would like prayer for anything, we uh, we would love to be able to like um, meet, meet that need in the sense of just pointing you to Jesus and inviting the Holy Spirit to come and work in your life. Um, but it's great to be together. Um, we had just the most um incredible weekend last weekend at Nua. i'm still f trying to find the words um to process what god did and how god worked and just the layers of his beauty that was revealed um for the church in in the land and uh and it feels like we've rolled out of that into this weekend and um, where we open up a new church. Uh, it's particularly exciting to get in here because uh, if th for those of you who don't know, it's great to see some new faces this morning. You're really, really welcome. Um, and it's great that you could be part of this this morning. If you don't know, we've actually acquired, so we're renting this space, but we've acquired the space just across, like, whatever that is, 10, 20 yards across there, the big red brick building. That's Toymaster, um, and the back of that building, basically, the whole back half of it is, is uh, under our ownership now. We own both the ground floor and the first floor. And just in the last couple of weeks, we've had work started to that. Um, which, so it's great that you know they're working in here, in there, while we're kind of trying to get this space into a place that, uh, 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 that we can inhabit and do this kind of thing in. And we're probably going to be here for the next I got the guts of a year or so as that building progresses. And, and so it feels like the Lord's kind of went ahead of us, hasn't he? He's lined us up really quite uniquely. Um, also, as, as you know, we, we also felt like when the Lord called us to plant Portadown that he'd given us this picture of two towers. And um, it's really interesting the way those two, the two towers representing, I should say, Lurgan and Portadown and what God has called me or us to do in, in Craigavon. And um, it's re it's re we, di we didn't really feel we needed to follow Lurgan's similar journey or anything like that. We very much just led by the Holy Spirit. But he's led us to a space and let us acquire a place that used to be Wellworth, the same as Lurgan used to be, uh, in a car park where there's a, an Iceland shop, which is the same as where Lurgan used to be, in the middle of the town. Off the so it feels like this, this picture that he gave us three or four years ago, four or five years ago, of a... Uh, um, of, of, of the two towers um it was quite it's much more prescriptive than we actually thought and so it, it's wonderful just to see how the lord is going before us and lining these things up and it's also great as debbie said to be all together one family in one service again with all of our kids with us 
Um, we'll probably do 10.30 to 11.45 in Sunday mornings. Um, and great to have space again to do tea and coffee. We'll probably not do it before the service, but we will do it after the service, hopefully. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to being able to fellowship together and have more time together. Do please, though, give us a little bit of grace. I know you have already just over the summer as we try to live into this space more, make it a little bit more homely. We have other things to touch up. But just a massive thank you to everyone who volunteered throughout the last week to get us to where we are at. Loads of people were in over the last week or so, and we really, really appreciate that. And thank you for that. Um, I, w I want to, it'd be too long to go through a list. Uh, Johnny was here at 11 o'clock last night, getting us ready to be able to worship. Um, so massive thanks to Johnny. And also really Trevor, who's at the back there, who um, was in and out, letting people in and out and coordinating things all week. Trevor, we really appreciate you. And thanks for all the work that you put in. And to everybody who's been in, laying carpet tiles and painting walls and cleaning. Um, too many of you to mention, but we really appreciate it. Um, last week at, um, at Nua, when we finished off, there was loads of things God didn't say, but Andrew Wigglesworth was sharing on Sunday morning and what she felt led to declare really over us, not just here in Portadown, but uh, across the church in Ireland was about a page was being turned, that when she read about Peter at the end of uh, uh, John in the gospel, when it came to um, the day of Pentecost, which was when she was actually speaking to us last Sunday, which was Pentecost Sunday, you have to turn a page to get to that um, particular passage. And when you turn a page, you read about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and you read about a moment that changed history forever and defines history. And I, I really felt why that applies really broadly to us. I believe as a church in Ireland, as we lit 32 fire pits to represent the 32 counties in Ireland last week, and as God lit up the sky as we did that, um, it felt like something happened. I, I believe personally something is shifting in our land and in our nation. I believe God is moving. I believe the Spirit is doing something, even uh, despite the fact that the news will tell us differently. And I felt for us specifically here in Portadown that a page has turned and how aptly that we would be in a new building. As we continue to move forward, uh, we, uh, we want to continue to do really what we've done from the start. Sometimes the way that we encapsulate who we are and who God has called us to be is in the sentence, a prayerful family on mission surrendered to the Holy Spirit, right? It's, I think that's what the church should be, a prayerful family on mission surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And so we want to continue to do in this space what we've done from the beginning when we didn't even have a space, which was build altars, surrender our hearts to Jesus, ask him to show us where he wants us to go, pitch our tent wherever he calls us to stop when the cloud stops, <laughs> and inhabit that space for as long as God calls us to inhabit it call it home for as long as he calls us to call it home and then be willing to move and yield when he calls us to do that again. And so if I was to put a, like a little, as they call it these days, hashtag underneath our name, Emmanuel Church, Port Down, it would be follow the cloud, right? Because that's what we've tried to do from the beginning and it seems that the cloud has led us here as we pursue the presence of the Lord. And so as we, as we stand here or sit here, in this space, I am curious. I found myself as I prepared some thoughts for this morning. Um, and by the way, there probably are just, I'm going to 
transition in a moment into some talk about the Holy Spirit because that's our theme at the moment. But this is probably going to feel a little bit like two sermons and a bunch of thoughts all wangled together, right? Because it's been full on this week getting here. But I have had time with the Lord just as I've tried to prepare for this. And I find myself getting curious about this space. What could happen in this space? I mean, it's nothing special, sure, it's not. Like, we're really grateful for it, but it's a concrete shell. And, um, but what could happen? Not, not because it's special, but because living stones who carry the presence of the living God choose to gather here to pursue him and make a family that can become a place for the lonely and the broken. What could happen here? Imagine, imagine what could happen. I found myself thinking about the different times that we could have here. I found myself wondering about times that we could be broken open by the power of the Holy Spirit in this space. I found myself thinking about moments that we might write in 20, 30 years' time. Do you remember that little kind of building? It used to be Islam when God came. When God came and broke our hearts open. And some of us have been saved for two weeks and some of us have been saved for 50 years, but we experienced God in that place like we never experienced them before. I found myself imagining about maybe there's a person that will sit in the seat you're sitting at this morning who will give their life to Jesus and their eternal destiny will be shifted in a moment in a little building, big building-ish, that used to be a place where frozen chips were sold, right? <laughs> the reality is because living stones are here, not bricks and mortar, this can become the place where eternal destinies are shaped and changed. These, this can be the place where we can experience the manifest presence of the living God. This can be the place where our kids touch Jesus, encounter him. Some of our kids might say yes to Jesus in this space. Some of our kids may be filled with the Holy Spirit in this place. They might be undone by the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine in 30, 40 years' time, your kids, my kids, taking their kids or their grandkids for a driver and port it down and driving up Meadow Lane if it's still here, going, that place in that place upstairs in that building, which years ago used to be a place that they sold like supermarket stuff in. That was the place where I encountered the living God. Wouldn't that be amazing? Isn't that what we long for? Isn't this, isn't this what these spaces are all about? Do you remember like when your mom and dad tell you, oh, that place used to be that, you know, all those years ago and you just thought they were just old? Um, but you know, that, that, that's, gonna be, that's gonna be us, you know? That is us, <laughs> that is me. Um, I'm living into that reality, but I'm trying to say glorious things can happen in this space, glorious things. And so over the next few weeks, as we try to finish our series on the Holy Spirit, um, it's important that we do, because we're going to need him. We, we need to be more desperate for the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives than any other time. And so I'll, I'll get to some thoughts on the Holy Spirit just to tee us up for the last couple of weeks in that. But throughout the summer, we're going to try and focus on strengthening our family dynamic. It has been a long time since we've all been together. And so we're going to take some time to speak more devotionally. We're going to have some interviews to interview some people uh, that maybe are quite new to the church. We want to spend time just building relationship, building family amongst ourselves because we want to be family. We are a prayerful family 
on mission. The church, first and foremost, is not a cooperation. It's not an institution. It's not a company. It's a family. It's the family of God, and we are siblings in Christ, and we want to create space for that sibling love to develop and grow and love one another. But at the same time, we're also a family on mission. And so it's important, I think, over the next number of weeks and months that while we'll all be on different holidays and things will be broken up a bit over the summer, it's important that we stay alert because we're not just a family, but we are a family on a mission. And, uh, th- and so we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit is, is saying. And I, I, as I said two weeks ago, for those of you who were there in Magai, and I, I really do believe the Lord is positioning us for this time. A page is being turned. I'm convinced the Lord in our four or five short years hasn't allowed us to get too settled as a church. <laughs> like that would be boring for a start, wouldn't it? Um, it would be a whole lot more convenient at times, right? But it, you know, the Lord hasn't allowed us to get too settled, I, I believe, because... Uh, We're not the only ones that God has called to do something and put it down, not at all. But I think he has called us here to serve the wider body of Christ here and also to serve the community. And to do that, we need to not just do things the same old way. And so the Lord, I believe, hasn't allowed us to get too settled because he wants us to be nimble. He wants us to be on our toes. When uh, I was fitter and younger and you played a lot of sport, one one of the kind of cardinal sins was... Um, that you know the manager always said to you was make sure you don't start flat-footed or don't start on your heels because if you start on your heels the opposition will always catch you out and if you start that way it's really hard to get out of that because they have got the momentum and it's hard to get yourself back in the game and you need to be front-footed we need to be nimble and I, I just really believe that the Holy Spirit has moved us around allowed us to follow the cloud not become too settled or comfortable in one location because he wants us to be nimble to be able to engage with the mission that he has in front of us. And so we are being called to be a family on mission, to be a people who are united deeply in love, embracing the radical nature of the kingdom. And as a new chapter opens up, I think we need to prepare for a new chapter. And therefore, and this is always the challenge when something new happens, you have to be prepared for that to feel a little bit different than the last chapter. And that's always a challenge because none of us love change. Like we, even those who say we do, like we don't love it initially. And so we, ha- we have to like allow our mindsets, the Holy Spirit, to get our mindsets to catch up with what he's actually doing with us. And we have to learn how to live into a new space. We've talked a lot about over the, over the last number of years about, about being, following the cloud and referenced the children of Israel in the wilderness and how they followed the cloud but how they ultimately had to come to a place where they crossed over. You can talk about living into your destiny for 40 years all you want, but somewhere along the line, God will then say, you've been around this mountain long enough. Now go and take the land. Now go and seize your inheritance. Now go and live into your destiny. Take hold of it. Seize it. And I, I, I sense that the Lord is, and, and even in this move, calling us to cross over. And you can apply that to your life, obviously, individually in lots of different ways. But as a people, I feel the Lord is calling us to cross over and cross into all that he has for us. And that is a different, it's different from being a wilderness person to being an inheritance person. You, you live differently. You see, we're being called to shift from wilderness people who follow the cloud and learn how to be a promised people to destiny people. And that, that's the mindset shift, which we're not brilliant at in Northern Ireland. 
I think the Lord wants us not just to be people who are thankful for what God has done in the past, but to steward all he has for us and this community in the future. A people that aren't just waiting on manna from heaven, but a people who are learning how to till the ground and live into the abundance that's in the ground of the land that he's leading us into. A people who are not just spending our time always focusing and getting over the false narratives that we learned when we were in Egypt, but a people who learn how to steward the abundance on the other side of the River Jordan. That all comes with maturing in Christ, but I guess I'm saying that to us to exhort us as a church, in the, and I don't mean this in a patronizing way, but in as, as loving as a way, because it's to me as well, I think the Lord is calling us to grow up, to grow up as a people even more, to mature even more as a people, to live into the abundance that he has for us. Remember our series, we've been blessed to be a blessing. I think this is a big question for us. Can we steward blessing? Can we steward the abundant blessing of God? I, I, I believe we've got a people who long to do that and a people who God has joined together to do that. But if we really believe God is who all these songs we've sung about is, if we really believe that he wants to pour himself out, if we really believe that God loves this community, if we really believe that God has all the riches and resources of heaven in order to see this time won and transformed for God, then the disconnect of it not happening is that he's looking at a church that know how to steward that blessing. But if we continue to live in lack in our mindsets, we can never steward abundance. And so there's, there's a shift, I think, that the Lord is bringing us into. And that just comes as we grow in God together individually and also as we grow together. And I think that's where the Lord is bringing us to. We are a family, but we're a family on mission. And so we learn how to love one another relentlessly. But it's love that gets work done. Yeah, I, I, I just get a sense that the Lord is moving us here with our sleeves rolled up. It's love that is here to fight. It's love that's here to roll up our sleeves and learn how to intercede like we've never prayed before. It's love that learns, learns how to rescue people. It's love that cooks meals and cleans toilets. It's love that will foster children and win back classrooms. It is love that will have the courage to challenge sectarianism. It is love that is willing to face injustice and do something about it. It is love that will create a safe place for the refugee and for the young girl that's had an abortion. That's the kind of love that God is calling us to roll our sleeves up and reveal his beauty in. That's the kind of love that God wants to undo us with all over again. Because there will be a backlash, but we don't have to be scared. But we're more exposed now. We're in the middle of the town. The enemy knows we're crossing over. There's battles ahead, but he who is with us is much stronger than he who is against us. We have to live in the destiny. We have to grow up in authority in Christ in order to take back the land that the enemy has stolen for far too many years. And so I have two pictures I want to I wanna say and leave you with this morning, and I'm going to have just a few thoughts on the Holy Spirit to, to close us off. I was thinking this week as I was praying about, I had this picture of a bride, <clears throat> but uh, sort of rather disconcertedly at the start, she's got a pair of army boots on. 
And uh, I felt like the Lord was saying to us that he, he wants us to learn how to be a beautiful bride. I know that image can be difficult, particularly for the, for the men in the room, but I feel like the Lord uh, he uses that image a lot throughout the scriptures. Paul uses that a lot, that we would be the bride of Christ. And I think he's teaching us a lot about holiness and sanctification and consecration, how to reveal the beauty of his holiness. But I, I believe this bride's got boots on, army boots on, to do some work, to tramp some places that have not yet been tramped, to pray some prayers that have not been prayed before, to win some battles that need to be won. And of course, I was talking to Joyce about this during the week, and she had a similar picture. But this bride is leaning on her beloved, as it says in the Song of Songs. Who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Who, who is this? And wouldn't it be amazing if the angels in heaven, who is this coming up out of the wilderness? Who is this? Who is this little tribe of people? Who is this coming? Who, who is this that is leaning on their beloved, leaning on our bridegroom, leaning on Jesus, in, intimately involved and connected to who he is, ready to represent him well and ready to be about our, the mission? I feel this is the kind of love that God wants us to growing the, the other image i had when i was praying for this or picture was i felt like the lord remind me of my hope she's not listening my my mom's hands um that seems strange but my mom never really had those kind of soft hands you know they were like they were all a bit worn and chapped and but the when she rubbed your back or touched you that she was tender with it and um i always it always it's always like a visceral kind of image in my mind and feeling because it's the it's it's love that's tenderly expressed but when you feel the touch you know it's been through some battles you know it carries some scars you know it's fought for some stuff you know it's helped shape and nurture and provide for you and I feel like the kind of love that the Lord wants us to have going forward and embody is not some sort of sentimental, nice little Christian thing. But it's love that looks like Jesus. It's love that breaks the bonds of the oppressed. It's love that releases prisoners. It's love that fights for those who cannot fight for themselves. It's love that gets stuck in to the muck and the mire and the dirt of the world in order to change and transform something of, the, of, of God's beauty in their lives. And so I just really feel like these are exhortive kind of thoughts that the Lord has put in my heart for us as we go forward to be that prayerful family on mission, surrendered to the Holy Spirit, and to be that kind of a church and to do that kind of thing. We're going to have to surrender to Jesus all over again, build an altar. We're going to have to pray without ceasing. You know, and, and we're going to have to love each other passionately. And can I just say on that, with every reset, there's usually upset, okay? With, with, every, with every reset, there's usually a bit of upset. So in, in, in the kind of, like, the minutiae of, like, little things that you need to get sorted out, we all learn this in our own homes, don't we? There's always little tensions when there's a reset because everybody's learning a new way. And so we just need to have extra grace with one another over this next number of weeks and months. We need to love one another really, really well. Outdo one another in showing honor and have lots of fun.
in the middle of it, yeah? Laugh a lot. Laugh a lot with each other. Let's not take ourselves too serious. Let's just laugh a lot together and have fun as family. And then finally, we're going to have to learn how to lean, lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. We really, we really need the beautiful, precious Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be free and abandoned to him. We're a family on mission, surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we're, 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 ju- we're just, if, if you've joined us, we're, we're, we're nearly at the end of a series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, Debbie's going to be sharing next week uh, more on that. But we've looked at the person of the Holy Spirit. We've looked at uh, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We've looked at what does it mean to be a people bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit and what is life in the Holy Spirit. And we want to finish these last few weeks by talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because we're really going to need him and those gifts. And I just want to say a few things to basically set it up for, 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 for next week. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he, he said this, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Right? Just there and then, right? that means it's important. When it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I do not want you to be uninformed. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. And then he says this. I'll just read this. Sorry, I don't have the words on the screen today. I can just read them to you if you want to look at them on a Bible or on a phone. Feel free to do that. It says this. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different types of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one and same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Paul is speaking to the church. The context in this passage, which lots of people, when they try to like theologize this passage, don't really take into account, is Paul is trying to give instructions for corporate and public worship. Okay, that's the context, and he's speaking to the church to say, when when you come together, you should be informed about the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he's saying, wants to kind of if you want to say it, dance all over his people. And he wants to release different treasures of his heart. Now, the problem was, in this particular church in Corinth, they were, they were having a bit of a free-for-all, right? They'd got filled with the life of the Spirit, and it all got a bit excessive, and it had got a bit weird, and, and, and Paul needed to bring some order to it. The pro- and what I said a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is we always got to remember is where the Spirit is, there will always be the flesh. And uh, the Corinthians had started to kind of operate in the flesh and kind of started to think their ecstatic experiences of God made them more spiritual. And if they spoke in tongues, it made them more spiritual. And they started to get excessive in it. And so Paul is writing to them to say, 
listen, there needs to be divine order in public worship. There needs to be divine order in how these things operate. Because in God, the spirit and order actually do go together. Right? Right from the very beginning, the spirit breathed on uh, the, the, the earth, which was without form and void. And what did the spirit create? It created order. But the order submitted to the spirit, not the other way around, which is really, really important. And so they were getting a little bit carried away. And Paul was saying, listen, we need to not allow the flesh to come in here. We need to create space where the spirit can move. And so throughout the centuries, we've seen excesses and we've seen abuses to these things. But the way to correct uh, the bad expression of something is not to swing to the other side and come up with a formula that's going to box God in and uh, uh, control things. And in, in other words, the response to bad teaching is not more bad teaching, right? The response to bad teaching is good teaching and good leadership and good shepherding and, and good accountability and, and, and plurality and submissive hearts. That, that's the answer to that. And so we, I'm saying all this to say, as we continue to meet as a church and as we teach on this over the next couple of weeks, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I've got to the point, what age am I now? 42, right? You come to the point in your life where you realize I might have some gifts, but in the grand scheme of things, like they're not that great. And in, in and of themselves, they can't really make, I'm, not, I'm no better than anybody else in this town that needs Jesus. I don't have, I've, I've, I've been blessed with a really good upbringing. I've been, I've been blessed that I've, for the most of my life been financially secure. I've got, I've got all, but I'm, there's nothing, I've been blessed with some amazing things, but I don't, I need the power of the living God. I, I, I want to reveal the treasures of God's heart for a broken humanity. And we want people to come into this church where the gifts of the Spirit are moving and beautifully operating. And what, what, what we're going to get into those over the next couple of weeks, what they actually are and how they actually work. But, but what, what I want to say is we want to create space for the beauty of the Holy Spirit to move. <laughs> Because it manifests God. Let me just re reveal this, this to you, uh, this verse, and then, and then we're going to close up. Verse 7, which I read. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one, each one. So the gifts of the Spirit can move through every person in this church who's sitting looking at me right now. The, the gifts of the Spirit can move because the Holy Spirit loves to inhabit us and to each one gifts are given to manifest the goodness of God for the common good right so so it's like moments when words of wisdom or words of knowledge or words of prophecy are given and all of a sudden we all go wow God's in the room I mean like we knew he was in the room before we got here because we're told that God's everywhere but right now He's, he's really here because it's something got unlocked. Something happened. It's like the room broke open and it felt like the Spirit spoke. And we all, we all got into that because it's for the common good. And that's what we want to see in the life of our church. We want to see the gifts of the Spirit moving in us and through us. Supernatural endowments that reveal and disclose the Spirit's activity in our lives and in the life of His church.
and the beautiful thing is that it happens this body metaphor that paul uses it's just beautiful unity in diversity all different shapes sizes people backgrounds all of us knit together in the spirit to operate as one body edifying encouraging equipping itself so that we can all be built up into the knowledge of the fullness of christ and that we can all be released and mobilized to make him known where he has called us to and so really what i want to do right now is just i just pray that the lord would bless us it's, it's been lovely since debbie prayed at the start this morning it's, it's been lovely to sense the spirit isn't it like imagine you turned up and he wasn't here it'd be awful like it would be awful if you, turn, if you turned up to church just did some dead religion just did some kind of dead orthodoxy where we all felt everything was like nice and neat and tidy but there's no life no breath of god no holy spirit moving over his people it's been lovely to sense the holy spirit in this space since we've come here and and that's what we want to welcome and over the next few weeks as we teach a little bit more on this but also as we move into the summer and as we spend some time settling into this place for the short term to make it home we want to we want to welcome the holy spirit even just every time you come through the door just say come holy spirit <laughs> come holy spirit and then as you leave make sure you remember he goes with you and he's on you yeah because he's in us for us but he's on us for others he comes upon us to empower us and equip us and um, and, and and we want to be open and curious to all that the holy spirit could do through us as we open our lives to him i could talk on but because um, the lord's here but then going to close so you can go and get your kids all right and we can spend some time having tea and coffee and um, what, what i would encourage you to do before i pray is just because we've had two services some of you haven't met one another yet um so if you fancy being brave and introducing yourself to someone go for it because it would be great that we're we're siblings in christ hey you're going to spend all eternity with one another so you might as well get to know each other now all right um and that's 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 uh, that's just finished by welcoming the holy spirit and then uh, there's no rush and if you would like as we pray to kind of go up obviously and get your kids you, you get a little chance to see around if you'd like us to show you around any more of it we we will we will do that all right let's pray oh lord jesus we love you and we thank you for who you are we thank you that you are the king of our lives our savior our lord the champion of our faith. Lord, we thank you that you reign over Portadown and Kirkavon, that you uh, reign and rule supreme. And Lord, with Jesus, we just thank you for the sacrifice that you made, Jesus. We speak the blood of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the cross and resurrection of Jesus over this time. And Lord, we want to say that that is our foundation. That is the cornerstone of everything that you are building amongst us and we just line ourselves in and around that cornerstone that work of jesus and the person of jesus you are the cornerstone and as we relay foundations lord we ask that you would give us wisdom in the days ahead and we just want to say that we need you holy spirit we thank you that you've been poured out on humanity to equip your church to be about the establishing of the family of god on the earth for the advancement of the kingdom and so, Lord, we, we say, come, Holy Spirit, release your grace, release your gifts in us and through us. Make us hungry and jealous and zealous for them in all the best sense of that word, that we might be moving 
in the flow of your spirit for the edifying and equipment of your body to reach this world for Jesus. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen.